One half of my two oldest friends Took a job till the summer's end A wonder show and a pop-up tent Kicking dust in every small town Out of work in the end A few hundred a week ain't that bad, my friend Don't think he ever picked up a wrench In his whole damn life Buzzing lights in the mosquitoes bit Thought for sure that he'd quit Just as soon as the night time hit Well, he proved me wrong Cause by the end of it The tilt world and the zipper zip And he had both hands in it From sun up until they tore down And most of these folks ain't like most of these folks Keep in mind that some folks lie And if you ever need a place to go Look for the neon signs Popcorn, soda, and caramel apples Three weeks in, all we couldn't stand Sleeping on a paper-thin mattress Praying for the rain Fist fight almost went in the fire Garbage tattoo of barbed wire Covers the arms of this kid named Kyle Who swears Joe stole his wheel Fairground littered with happy families Painted faces and cotton candy The kind of life that would be just dandy But then who'd run the ride? Guess that's just carny life most of these folks ain't like most of these folks Keep in mind that some folks lie And if you ever need a place to go Just look for the neon sign Most of these folks ain't like most of these folks Keep in mind that some folks lie And if you ever need a place to go Look for the neon signs Look for the neon signs Hello everyone, you're listening to UMFM 101.5 I'm Ashley Bienyaj and this is the Winnipeg Music Project Today I am here with William Prince We're going to be talking about his new album and release show that's coming up on December 7th Hi Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Good, and you? Uh, I'm very well. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks for um, having me. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for coming and uh, contacting me. So we just heard the song, The Carney. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, The Carney was written uh, about a good friend of mine who last summer he was kind of struggling to find some work. And like all of us, just needed cash to keep going kind of thing. And a childhood friend of mine who grew up together and he took this job working for the wonder shows and he just traveled around the inner lake setting up rides and operating games and uh he came home at the end of the summer he's gone for about two and a half months i i uh, he told me all these 
cool stories, these encounters while working on the road and, you know, what it's like to kind of live the carnival worker lifestyle. And I thought it was really interesting. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to put it in a song for him because he's a, he's a good friend. He's a good guy. And uh, I thought this story just kind of needed to be shared. And when he told me, I was immediately compelled to kind of start writing something for him. That's great. That's so cool. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, I, I remember I drove him out to uh, Steinbeck to drop him off at his first, you know, night with the crew. And uh, the some of the lyrics talk about how, you know, he wasn't really a handy guy growing up for as <laughs> far as I as yeah. far as I knew. So when I got there, you know, I was a bit intimidated, you know, thinking like, man, to set up these giant rides and deal Safely, with yeah. these people all the time, you know, and like working the long hours till one in the morning most nights and then sleeping in trailers. It's really a, yeah. a whole nother world that a lot of people don't get to experience. So mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to put his story and his words into the, the song. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm from the Pegwas First Nation. I grew up uh, about two hours north of Winnipeg. And I moved to the city when I was 17. And uh, I went to the University of Manitoba. And I was pursuing a career in medicine for a long time. And mm-hmm. Did uh, microbiology while I was here and made a lot of good friends. I used to work at uh, the pub here on campus. And uh, I was always kind of half chasing this dream of medicine. And I used to have a rock band in my younger years. And we would play music just because it was really fun. And we'd you know, do gigs and travel a little bit. And we ended up making a record together, a couple of good friends of mine who were also students here. And from there, it just kind of kept growing and growing I've always loved music because my dad raised me that way he was a he was a pastor and I grew up very traditional gospel music stylings like that's where I learned song structure and singing and everything and so the rock band thing was pretty fun for a while and then uh, I eventually went back to just kind of more singer songwriter stuff because it was just an easier gig you know Mm -hmm. one person as opposed to four and less equipment and Overall, uh, that's just what I felt I was meant to do. And I got into country music writing and did a couple things uh, with some local artists and then worked on the radio for a little while. I was in a play for a bit and uh, I've always kind of done things that were performance based. And mm-hmm. I eventually just took the time away from school to pursue music full time because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to wait till I was comfortable at 40, 45 and then say, oh, maybe now I can like try this thing and Mm -hmm. so uh, it was very important to me that I pursued music over everything and uh, that's just where we are today you know finally putting out a record after a couple tries and uh, I feel that you know the songs are ready and my voice is ready and Mm -hmm. my performance is ready so uh, it's it's just the time now that's awesome so you were in medicine, or you're, you were in medicine, or are you striving to apply? I was striving to apply, yeah. Okay. And like, and what was that like? That one, like the decision. You're like, Kate, this isn't what I want to do anymore. It's music. I wasn't so much that. I was actually uh, struggling in school. My dad mm-hmm. went through a lot of health issues, and it, it didn't make it the most ideal journey. But at the same time, it kind of tests your merit and shapes your character at this and. Uh, from there, I just decided, you know what, I think I need to take a step back and just kind of focus on music because that was the thing that made me feel closest to him. And uh, I always felt this great affinity for performing. Mm-hmm. And uh, over just 
eventually it just took over everything where I, I needed to focus on, you know, writing and traveling and performing, doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And for people who haven't heard your music uh, yet, other than just the song now, who would you say kind of inspires your music? Oh, definitely my dad. Uh, mm-hmm. The way I grew up, like I said, he played a huge influence, but everything he used to listen to, he was known for having a very low voice, and that came from listening to, you know, like Johnny Cash and all those greats like Chris Christopherson and Merle Haggard. And uh, a lot of those guys really, you know, that was the music my dad grew up on, and it was some of the first stuff that I'd ever heard. And mm-hmm. when my parents, when we were younger, they had, you know, a little side DJ business, so they always had records and tapes and CDs in the house. And I got to know tons of music, and from uh, from there, it just kind of, you know, gave me an idea of what it took to have song structure, I guess. Yeah. And from that, I just started to write simple songs. When I was about 13 and carried on. They were pretty terrible at the start. <laughs> and uh, from there, we just kind of, well, you know, made them into what they are today. And mm-hmm. getting to know a lot of people along the way, there's so many local musicians, you know, like Scott Nolan, who is truly inspirational to me and has really helped shape who who I am and what I sound like today. And just watching great performers from here in Winnipeg, you know, I've always taken in live music and I've, you know, strived to be like a lot of my peers, mm-hmm. you know. So finally having a record is what's going to make it, you know, more legit, more official, yeah. I'd say. People take you more seriously. You're like, I For actually, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like I've, everything I've done has been by leaving an impression, you know, play mm-hmm. a good show and afterwards, you know, exchange information. And I never had a CD. Like so many people would be saying, do you have an album we can buy? Do you have a record? And I have to say no. And it was just a financial thing. It was yeah. just, you know, I got to get the cash together to actually make a quality product. Yeah. Because you really only get one good first impression. And that's why it was so important to me that I worked with the right people and that we recorded it properly and that the songs were all, you know, in sync with one another. And mm-hmm. this really represents who I am today. And if I'm so fortunate as to have a career 30, 40, 50 years from now, I can still see myself singing these songs then. If I made a record when I was 20, 21 years old, it would be very different than the record today. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to go slower now and to just let rather than just write a good song structurally it's all about feel and you know mood and okay. like the words are so i'm i'm very big on words and they've always been a huge like important they've always played a huge important po- role in my life mm-hmm. and um i i tend to over explain i tend to be kind of heavy sometimes and uh the things i discuss like that uh, affect me and like i think in this day and age we're kind of lighthearted and that's why this stuff is just, it was so important that I communicated properly what I feel all the time. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, since we're talking about uh, the lyrics and stuff, what's your songwriting style or process? Oh, it's different. You know, a lot of people try and pinpoint that, and there's no set formula, I'd say. A lot of the times, the best way I can describe it is I'm walking around just kind of waiting for them to find me. Mm-hmm. And I see something or, you know, I'll come up with a line in my head and from that it'll just kind of grow and I'll, some, some days it starts melody first. Some days it's just a, a neat lyric that I think and I jot it down. I start to build a story around it and then the two come together. And then if I sing it and it feels good, I sing it a few more times and then, 
you know, start putting it into rotation when I'm playing live and see how people react to it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you got a good one or not. Okay. All right. I'm going to ask, um, how do you, how do you know when it's a good lyric? Like what makes for you that quality is good enough to share with others? Uh, when I kind of put them next to the other ones, I, does anything feel out of place is kind of the first question. And then, uh, I only really sing what I feel and the truth in my own life. That's all you can really do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if, if it feels comfortable singing it and I remember it a few days down the road and it's stuck in my head then I'm like, Oh yeah, that's something great. Or you get excited with a new song. It's like yeah. new clothes. It's like, you know, uh, you're so excited to show them off and that's your new favorite thing and uh, a lot of my songs make me feel that way you know I feel excited by them and from there I know that they uh, they're they're good ones and then as you play them live and do they move the show along or do they halt things you know mm-hmm. you just get the feel from them and then eventually you know it's a good one nice that's awesome so uh, segue uh, what are the stresses of being a Winnipeg musician? Well, I think the musician struggle is kind of universal. You know, it's all about finding um, the places to play. We're a smaller city, so you know the the regular uh, the regular haunts can get played a lot more. And then you know you can't rely on your thousand Facebook friends to give you a career at home. And that's the thing mm-hmm. is the big struggle is keeping people interested when they can see you any night of the week and you know it's um there's a lot of good that comes with being a winnipeg musician too like it's it's affordable to live here i believe we have a very supportive community of players that interchange there's so many bands that are made up of other bands and we're a really great community and Mm -hmm. i do believe we help each other out and we're lucky to have the venues that we have to play music and the fan base the passionate people in the city you know who keep things like winnipeg folk fest alive you know every year and then those people in the off season come to shows and keep it going so it's it's a nice spot to be if you if you uh pay your dues and you know be respectful of what it takes to join the circuit and all that Mm -hmm. and that's what i've just been doing the past 10 years has just been singing and watching and you know trying to earn my way to a point that people know me as a singer as a as a songwriter and uh I think Winnipeg has really helped shape who I am in terms of my uh, musicianship and my artistry because I take the stories of Winnipeg elsewhere and share mm-hmm. them. And uh, it's, a, it's a great city yeah. to live in, to play music in. You were telling me before we started recording that you were in China. Oh, yeah. Uh, I went to go visit a friend out there and what was originally supposed to just be me substitute teaching and maybe playing a weekend gig every now and then turned into this six-night-a-week thing where I played all the time and then... I had the opportunity to go up to like Shanghai and Beijing and Xi'an, wow. Shenzhen. I was, you know, I was based in Guangzhou and went over to Hong Kong and I got to play music everywhere. But I was there for, you know, 110 days and I did over 70 shows, which was really great. That's insane. You know? So it was just a great way of staying sharp and, you know, keeping my singing and playing skills 
right where they need to be. So when I came back to Canada, I was ready to start doing shows. And it's just been, this has truly been the best year of my career, you know. That's fantastic. A record coming out, and I shot a video for Manitoba Music, you mm-hmm. know, a song called Bloom. And then I was fortunate enough to be in this film called Made in Winnipeg about Terry Sachuk, a famous NHL goaltender who grew up in East Kildona, and it was shot by Danny Schur. Oh, cool. And he, uh, in turn, did me a huge favor and shot me the video for Earthly Days. And uh, it's just been a great year where mm-hmm. finally people are starting to see that I'm a contender. I'm trying to do this for real. And I've been so blessed to know uh, Scott Nolan, you know, for he's been kind of guiding me and giving me all this uh, hard knock, you know, lessons of the road and everything without me having to really endure it. And it's just making me more aware and ready of when I actually start going on tour and like mm-hmm. the spring and when it gets nicer out. So how, how you said that you, you watch shows and you like support other musicians, but how else are you involved in the Manitoba music community? Well, it's kind of, you know, I just recently became a Manitoba music member and that did such huge things for me and it's put me into showcases and opportunities to work with other artists and I'm always looking to write and you know, work with people. So uh, my, my involvement kind of comes behind the scenes, you know, when you meet up with friends and you're working on music and stuff like that. I just did a show for uh, the North End last mm-hmm. night, actually, and I try and take these, you know, community gigs where I can give back to the Aboriginal population as well has, you know, embraced me quite well because I'm First Nations and yeah. I've, I've never, you know, walked in the door and said, I'm, I'm a First Nations singer. I just wanted to be a great singer, songwriter who happens to be First Nations. And yeah. then, you know, it's always this kind of different approach the way some people look at it. And I'm trying to shake that and just be more like, I just want to be a, a singer songwriter. And, mm-hmm. uh, but on the same hand, I'm so fortunate to be part of like the Aboriginal music program in addition to Manitoba music because yeah. that opened so many great doors that put me closer to things of culture that I didn't grow up with because I didn't grow up cultural at all. And yeah. now to see traditions alive and growing and, you know, being the center of, you know, sometimes controversy, but at least people are talking about it. At least we're getting more aware of traditional practice and all those great things. So my involvement will always kind of go back to you know, playing a show at home in Pegwis or mm-hmm. a different reserve and trying to inspire youth from different reserves all over Manitoba as much as I can because they're the ones that need to see that there's something outside those lines around them. Because yeah. I came from a reserve and I, you know, moved to the city and now it's it's a promising career is unfolding. I'm so blessed by everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I just want to share that. And I hope music can take me to all these places and I can leave CDs behind and kids can add me to Facebook or, you know, Instagram and all those yeah. great connectors that we have through cell phones and the technology now is just insane. Like yeah. you can stay connected. There's new music online like every minute of every day, yeah, you know, even smaller intervals. And um, I think now is one of the best times to start showing music. There's a lot of argument that it's a dying industry, but I was like, you know, there are people who grassroots support artists such as myself. All the artists I listen to aren't on mainstream radio. Like they play Winnipeg Folk Fest, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, it all kind of comes back to, I hope I get to a point that I can be more involved yeah. with the music scene and play shows that draw people and show that Winnipeg's a great place and Pegwis is a great place and all these other small towns are, you know, it's a great province. You know, I just yeah. love being from here. Is there any advice that you would give to someone who may be starting out 
or wanting to start out as um, a musician, like something that maybe someone told you or you've experienced yourself that you feel that you could share with someone? Yeah, uh, Winston Watney put it perfectly. He's like, if you want something enough, you just do it. You know, you just keep practicing to the point that it just becomes who you are. And that's what I've been doing. I've, I've, uh, there are times when you sign up when you're younger for singing contests and all these things, you feel like, oh, I deserve it. Why didn't I win? And that was such a backwards approach. You know, we don't do things for, you know, accolation, for the accolade of stuff. The trophy is not why you should do this at all. You should find songs that move you, music that actually, you know, makes you question and, you know, opens your eyes to who am I as a person? Like, why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's rock and roll for a lot of young people or that's like classics or pop music, everything in its place. Yeah. You know, I don't condemn anything. I'm beyond that. Uh, a lot of music doesn't concern me, but the music that does and that I feel is important, I love. So find the music that you love and then start practicing around it. And if you want to sing or perform or play guitar, do it all the time. Do it till it becomes second nature, mm-hmm. till you're not thinking about it. You know, there's so many young performers I see who are so focused on getting it right, like the actual technical side. They're not feeling it. And, you know, so play until it becomes second nature. And then just stick with it. Work on your songs. Decide what kind of artist do you want to be? What do you want to stand for? So once you answer all the base questions, total those things up and say, is becoming that worth the, you know, inevitable struggle you yeah. will face? to get there because mm-hmm. it's not going to pay well yeah. and you're going to have to pay your dues and you're going to have to play for free and you're going to have to play in terrible time slots and late at night and people are going to leave before you're set and it's going to be discouraging and it's going to you know make you think that it's not worth it but you know when you establish before any of that happens that you love music and that you do it because it makes you feel something different you know bigger and better than anything else in this world then it's always worth it. Like you said, like you will have to make the sacrifices of playing free shows, or ha- especially when you first start. But there's always going to be a financial component about it. You always have to pay. Like even while you're focusing on your music, you still have to pay the bills. How do you balance m- music with real life stuff? <laughs> well, it's, I'm fortunate enough that uh, music has become real life stuff every day. You mm-hmm. know, it's not. There was a time when I was doing. You know, there was column A and column B. There was work self, and then there was, okay, now I get to be artist self. And um, I'm very fortunate that the two have kind of come together finally. So I don't know where the shows come from. I don't know how people keep hearing of me, you know, or why I get random emails and people reaching out, like, come to our community, come sing here, sing at Mm -hmm. this thing. And I'm like, man, this intangible thing that doesn't, you know, necessarily provide you know, a ton of significance compared to, you know, medicine and all those things. Um, people have been so kind as to pay me to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a place now where that does pay the bills. It gets pretty skinny sometimes, still. Yeah. Don't, don't be fooled. Yeah. Um, but at least that I can plan things ahead and budget and, like, know that I got a couple shows coming up that I'll take care of the basic bills. And I have a really great partner. That's why I'm fortunate enough to have, too, so... Mm-hmm. If you have somebody that believes in you, I have a family that has, through the, you know, thinner parts of it, supported me, you know, helped 
pay rent one month or, you know, took care of Autopack when I couldn't. So I, I'm, I'm surrounded by people that want to see me succeed. Mm-hmm. And if you put yourself in the midst of that, you can succeed as well. And uh, that's why I all the respect in the world to those who have it so much harder than I do. And uh, my friends and, you know, just coming to shows and I don't know, I pay, I pay the bills because people support me. Mm-hmm. And um, my partner, you know, love my life, my wife to be, is so encouraging and provides us a home where we can be stable and I can just focus on singing. She she always said, all you have to be is happy and a songwriter to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, even on the days I'm not happy, sometimes she still stands by me and works it through. I'm very emotional, you know, artists tend to be. And, uh, you know... Find thick or thin with everybody, with mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Do you ever think back to your school days and you're like, what if I had continued with medicine? Oh, every time I run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's always there. Yeah. You know, I think about it. What would have made some people more proud than, you know, they could have been. I always thought that. If I made enough money, there would never be a question of respect. If I was Dr. Prince, there would never be, you know, you know, to be super frank about it, like he's not just this Indian kid. <laughs> you know, that's a bad stigma that a lot of, you know, First Nations people go through. And uh, mm-hmm. personally, I've always kind of felt it. And I, f- I wanted to always do something that put me in this, you know, undisputed category of respect. And whether that was medicine or, you know, my dad said, be an electrician, be a carpenter, just be the best at it and love it, you know, and I chose medicine. But then eventually I saw that music was the real, you know, thing that I wanted to pursue. Mm -hmm. And now my goal is to, no matter where I go, people will start to know me as the singer and they'll have respect because like, I listened to your song, I like your song, you know, Mm -hmm. it made me feel this way and I paid money for your song. That is for some for strangers to care that much about me and that there's no guarantee for that is uh, a thrill of a lifetime in my opinion that's mm-hmm. what I'm so eagerly working towards and you got to do it slow you got to be yeah. genuine about it you can't rush it you can't you know buy your time in the spotlight or whatever you may be aspiring to mm-hmm. I just want to be able to write good songs and it'd be really great if I could fill smaller theaters and just always be playing and hundred shows a year, you know, and travel with my family and pay the bills that way comfortably. And that'd be the best thing. So what's your proudest accomplishment? Oh, I, you know what? I can't actually say what it is just yet, but it's Mm -hmm. happened. But there's some great things in the works already that I'm so excited about. Um, I just, I've, I've played some really great shows and connected with great people uh, I'm so proud of my uh, friendship with Scott Nolan, to be honest. Yeah. That's one of the the best. Uh, whenever I talk about where my music is going or where it's come from, it's always kind of laced with his uh, influence. And I'm, I'm proud that uh, people are starting to know me as my father's son. My dad's name was Ed Prince, and he was a gospel singer, and mm-hmm. he passed away in August. But uh, he had three albums out, and he traveled and touched people's lives and he really had this great way of speaking and preaching to people and uh, he instilled this wanderlust in me and this love of performing and talking and just connecting Mm -hmm. with people that has totally you know 
taken over me since I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, my proudest moment is finally having this record out because for a long time it didn't look like it was going to happen. I got ripped off and I got, you know, things went under and projects didn't pan out and they just didn't sound right sometimes too. Didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And I never, I thought, I was never going to get this record out because I could always be hypercritical. I could always push it back. I could always start over and now it's here and it's out of my control. It's set in stone. It's being, you know, tomorrow I pick up a thousand copies of my record and they're going to go like people are going to have them. And finally you can form an opinion and you can sit with my music and dissect it and decide if you really love it or hate it. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so what is your favorite song to perform from the upcoming album? Oh, it's hard to pick a favorite, but I, I really come to love the, uh, the feel of, you know, Earthly Days itself, the title track. And mm-hmm. the story it tells is, you know, again, uh, about the woman I'm going to marry. And it tells our, our story of how we came to know each other and we've known each other for a long time and we're only now getting together kind of thing. And there's another song called little things that i love and i think it's one of the most mature compositions i've ever put together in terms of lyric and you know just the song structure itself it's it's bold for my uh for my style for how i sing and how i write Mm -hmm. i push louder i don't rely on just the low end because for a long time i was scared of the high end of things and i decided to just kind of sing in my comfortable register and that song is really great because it pushes me and people hear it and they're like, wow, that's so different, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I'm proud of all of them, honestly. There's 11 songs and there's a couple older ones and a lot of newer ones. And I just, uh, as a whole, I, I really am proud of the whole thing. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so we're, we're going to hear Earthly Days in a bit. Can you just tell me a little bit about that song a little bit more? Yeah, it's about, you know... Um, Brittany and I met years ago and uh, we always kind of had this thing like this joking flirty nature and I thought it was just this long running joke and um, over time you know she always she had boyfriends and I had girlfriends and we were just never you know single at the same time and I never really had the courage to make it more than what it was mm-hmm. And over the past six years, she's come to dozens of shows, you know, showed up every time, always that same beautiful girl in the audience. And I never really did anything about it because I thought it was out of my grasp, you know, out of my depth. Mm -hmm. And that was just in part me dealing with my own issues of, you know, image and depression and just going through my dad's sickness and, you know, stress of school and trying to make a career or make anything of myself really and not really knowing my worth. And then I went away to China to kind of do some healing and some, you know, just working, getting back to music and seeing my best friend who knew me at a time when I really loved who I was. Mm-hmm. I had to get back into touch, in touch with him. And, you know, he kind of reminded me that you're a good person. You're, you know, you don't need to rely on another. Yeah. And then a lot of times we fall into that somewhat codependency. I don't like to be alone. I you know, strive to find somebody to share my time with. And that's where Earthly Days kind of came into as I, you know, I met her and she immediately changed my life. Like she made me so happy and I couldn't believe that she, 
you know, could love me. And then we started going to church again. And that just changed my life and made me feel positive and happy about things around me. And uh, just who she is as a person inspires me to be happier. And, you know, she fits in so well with my family. And so the lines themselves are chronological of us being together and going on dates and, you know, finding who we are today, you know, Mm -hmm. in love with one another. And um, the chorus is very simple. Just, you know, I found the person that can have all my time. You can have all my earthly days. You know, go ahead and take all my earthly days. And um, so that song is really the, I don't know, the greatest love song that I think I could ever write. It's so beautiful. I love that. That's awesome. Um, So how can people find you or your music online? Uh, WilliamPrinceMusic.com. It's uh, available there. SoundCloud, the usual apps that you can find and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, iTunes, you know, Google, Spotify, all those places. If you search William Prince Music, you got to search William Prince Music because William Prince will just get you royal family stuff. (laughs) Kate Middleton and baby photos and stuff. So if you look up William Prince Music, you'll find something. uh, You know, uh, I... It's, it's out there now. That was the biggest delay in having something available was just getting properly recorded mm-hmm. songs. And now they're finally available on iTunes. Yep. And that's such a huge thing. That makes me feel like such a legit artist now. You know, mm-hmm. and YouTube, all the usual uh, yeah. things. William Prince Music on Facebook. And I'm um, on Twitter and Instagram. Will and his music. And again, just williamprincemusic.com is where you can find everything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It was awesome to hear you talk about everything. Thank you. You're Thanks so, for having me. Yeah, you're just so wise. It was. I learned so much from you. Um, so everyone, thank you so much. This was the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. You are about to hear um, Earthly Days. of my eyes Covered in grace cause you worked in a diner Kind to every son and daughter Girl I swear this been coming for a long long time And any bed is a queen when there's one laying in it All great things had their beginnings Feel it in your gaze, you're just looking for some peace of mind Took us six years and four days to finally get married Look at me, getting all carried away From our fears is where we will tarry on And I swear you could show me the light Bring me back to 
Jesus Christ Cause I want more than just these earthly days You can have all my earthly days Go ahead and take all my earthly days Lay awake all night and my earthly days You can have all my earthly days Lay awake.